We are downtown. We are historic. We are family. We are scriptural. We are First Baptist Church. To the Lord. Call upon his name. Make known his deeds among the people. Sing to him. Sing praises to him. Speak of all his wonders. Glory in his holy name. Let the hearts of those who seek the Lord be glad. Will you stand as we sing, Come Thou Almighty King, hymn number 247.
Amen. Welcome to First Baptist Church. We are grateful that you are here today. We are grateful to worship together in this place, our Lord and our Father. If you are a guest with us, we would love to get to know you and know your name. And the way we do that is through this uh, card that should be the pew back in front of you. And we ask you to fill that out and put it in the offering plate at the end of the service. But we come together today um, not in a spirit of slavery leading to fear again but in a spirit of adoption as sons by which we cry out, Abba, Father. As we search the scriptures, you, you see the beauty and joy of adoption, that, that those of us in here who know Jesus Christ are the new sons and daughters of our Lord, our Father above. And so when we come together to celebrate Father's Day, we do so recognizing the, the wonderful examples of fathers that we have in this room and most importantly, the perfect example of a father that we have in heaven above. And so we praise God because he has adopted us in his new family. And so we come to this place and we say, Abba, Father. We cry out to our dad and we say, we love you. In that spirit, let's pray and we'll worship. Lord, we come before you humbly, knowing that you are beyond Lord, that you are creator. In all of your glory, you've chosen to, to know us, to form relationship with us intimately. And Lord, we didn't deserve any of it, but you came and, and set a way for us. And so we thank you. And Lord, we gather together to praise your holy name. Well, that there's no, no other one, no other thing. There's nothing in this earth that deserves our praise. Only you, Father. Only you deserve our praise. And so we sing. We give. We study with all of our heart because you are good. It's in the name of Jesus Christ that we pray. Amen. Now, as we study the Ten Commandments together, Aaron has challenged us also to read through Psalm 119 along with the Ten Commandments because we see in Psalm 119 this great call to love the law of the Lord and this, this call to obedience and the great joy that comes from us being His obedient ones. And so hear now from Psalm 119, verses 33 through 48, and allow this to point you to the Ten Commandments. Teach me, O Lord, the way of your statutes, and I shall observe it to the end. Give me understanding that I may observe your law and keep it with all my heart. Make me walk in the path of your commandments, for I delight in it. Incline my heart to your testimonies and not to dishonest gain. Turn away my eyes from looking at vanity and revive me in your ways. Establish your word to your servant as that which produces reverence to you. Turn away my reproach which I dread, for your ordinances are good. Behold, I long for your precepts. Revive me through your righteousness. May your loving kindness also come to me, O Lord, your salvation according to your word, so I will have an answer for him who reproaches me, for I trust in your word. And do not take the word of truth utterly out of my mouth, for I wait for your ordinances. And so I will keep your law continually forever and ever, and I will walk at liberty, for I seek your precepts. I will also speak of your testimonies before kings and shall not be ashamed. I shall delight in your commandments, which I love. I shall lift up my hands to your commandments, which I love. And I will meditate on your statutes. Amen. Continue in our worship this morning as we turn to hymn number 74. O God, our help in ages past, standing as we sing.
down. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to put down some rope over here. And I don't want you to sit inside the rope, okay? We're going to make a little section here. So don't, you can sit all around the rope. There we go. Thank you. But nobody sit inside the rope. Don't get inside the rope. Don't get inside the rope. All right, everybody, come on around. Come on around, but don't get inside the rope. This is, this is uh, space we are not allowed in right here, all right? Everybody, come on down. We're grateful you're here. We're grateful for those worshiping on TV with us today. Thank you for being a part of our congregation. And thanks for being a part of the children's sermon. Yeah, come on down, everybody. It's good to see all of y'all. All right, come on down. Hey, did y'all know it's Father's Day? Okay, good. Good, perfect. Good job. Y'all are on it. All right, so today, I want you to, to help me with something. So we, we're going to have um, a super secret uh, children's sermon that's going to happen right here inside this space, all right? And so if there's a super secret children's sermon, nobody else gets to hear, but it only happens right here in the space. Who should we allow in? Does anybody have any, who should be allowed into the super secret children's sermon? Anybody have a clue? Who should we let in? The fathers? Oh, yeah, we could have a children's sermon for the dads. That's a good idea. I didn't even think about that. I, I know there's too many fathers. They won't fit in here. Let's see, who else could we add in here? Maybe we, what if we did everybody wearing orange? Would that be a good one? What do y'all think? Would that be a good if we had, yeah, go ahead. Okay, God, yeah, we can have one for God sitting in there too. Let's see, who, what can we do? Who can we add? What, did anybody sing Happy Father's Day to their dad today? Anybody sing that? That it's not a song? But I just figured you made up a song. <laughs> did, did, any, did anybody make up a song and we'll do the super secret children's sermon for them? Yeah, I know. I'm sorry. And any any other any other thoughts? Who could we do the super secret children's sermon for? Does anybody have a who who else might we do it for? What do you think? All the girl? The what? Jesus? Yeah, he I, he'd probably need to teach me a lesson. I don't know. The pastors, yeah, we could put all the pastors in here. I don't know. Now, let me, let, me tell you, let me tell you where we're really going. There's not really a super secret children's sermon. But you know what? So, sometimes there, there's a lot of people that think God is some super secret God that we don't, we don't know everything about. There's some kind of special knowledge or there's some kind of special access or some people have special access to God and get special words from God. And that, I want you to listen for the sermon today, that is entirely not true. And in fact, all of us have the same access to our glorious God through his son, Jesus Christ. So there, there's no super secret way to get to God. There's no super secret way or there's no super secret message for us to get to know God. Any, there's no, listen for the sermon for this, there's no like VIP access to God. It's all open to every one of you all of the time. The only clue and the key is through the person of Jesus Christ, okay? So I want you to listen for that in the sermon today as we go through. Let's pray together and we'll go. Father, we thank you for this time together. And Lord, we pray that you would help us to know the person of your son, Jesus. And Lord, that we would use that access to you um, exactly as you would have us to. It's in the name of Jesus Christ we pray, amen. Thank you all, good job.
Amen. If you would, find your listening sheet. It looks like this. It has the text uh, at the top for this week as I get my things in order here. You'll notice a bit of a change as we work through the Ten Commandments. Um, we, we basically have about a verse a week. And so sometimes our readings would be very short. And so what we're going to do is just add to the reading each, each week. So we are going to do today Exodus 20, 1 through 6. That's what we're going to read together, um, even though we're focusing today on the second commandment, uh, verses 4 through 6. Now, I also want to make you aware, one of the things that we have committed to do together as a church as we work through the Ten Commandments is to memorize them. So we have 17 verses that we're working through in Sunday school in our reverse that we go through um, each week uh, of the summer. And so we can memorize that together. So I hope that you already have all of this 21 through 6 memorized and can do it from memory. If not, uh, hopefully you'll catch up with us there as we work on this together. So with that said, let's stand and let's read the text together today. This then is the text for today. Then God spoke all these words saying, I am the Lord your God who brought you out of the land of Egypt, out of the house of slavery. You shall have no other gods before me. You shall not make for yourself an idol or any likeness of what is in heaven above or on the earth beneath or in the water under the earth. You shall not worship them or serve them, for I, the Lord your God, am a jealous God, visiting the iniquity of the fathers on the children, on the third and fourth generations of those who hate me but showing loving kindness to thousands, to those who love me and keep my commandments. May God bless the reading of his word. We constantly seek after the VIP treatment. And it's been this way since time has begun that we as individuals want to be treated as a VIP. See, it really comes from this innate ability within ourselves to project ourselves as some kind of grand being within ourselves. It's almost as if we consider ourselves the center of the universe. And it was almost as if this week Jupiter came close to the earth just to catch a glimpse of us. And as such, as we we think of ourselves in this way as a VIP, we want first access. And maybe not even first access, we want first access and the only access. As VIPs, we want the best seats. As VIPs, we want complimentary chocolate chip cookies. (laughs) And anything else do a VIP. If there's anything out there that's do a VIP, that's what we expect for ourselves. You know, as it goes, as, as every salesman who has offered you such a VIP opportunity. There is an idol much the same. In fact, there there is an idol that promises exclusivity beyond this world. A VIP treatment that's beyond our imaginations. You see, this is what an idol is all about. An idol, or having an idol, is all about the VIP experience because, because they are what we want. So let, let's be frank. If we have any kind of idol in our lives, it's something that we have created within ourselves to produce something that we want to happen. And so these idols are just these perfect little representations of genies that would provide us whatever we want to happen. You see, that, that's the perceived promise You get an exclusive offer that no one else can get on this earth because you have this idol. You have this thing. You have worked it out. You've created within yourself this structure. You've created this kind of framework that's going to make life happen as you expect and as you want life to happen. The enchanting enticement of an idol is that then you have a VIP entrance. You have a VIP experience waiting on the other side because of what you yourself have constructed. You see, an idol is something that we hope gives us a VIP entrance to God himself. Or if not, if not God himself, an entrance to our own God-like status. I mean, that's the purpose of melting down all, all your gold to craft this golden calf. 
Aaron, following the, the Ten Commandment episode, they begin to they get all of Israel together. Moses hasn't come down, and so they gather all their things, and they begin to build this out, and it seems just absurd. Why, why would you do such a thing? But, but as they build and craft this golden calf to sit in front of them, it's as if now that we have this golden calf sitting in front of us, we have a unique access to God that no one else has. No one else in the world has this golden calf. No one else can, can fall down before it like we can. And there's this unique opportunity sitting right in front of us. See, when people take some kind of a golden trinket or whatever it might be, and they bow down to it, they believe that the physical item offers access to a spiritual realm that allows them to bypass the rest of humanity like it's some kind of platinum card at the airport. Right? They, they hope the, the idol, that whatever it might be, whatever we've constructed for ourselves, whatever life that we have made for ourselves, this idol, we hope it will allow us to bypass all of the hard work. Because ultimately, that's what we're wanting. We're wanting to bypass all the hard work that everyone else has to do. We want to bypass all the hard work just in reality, all the hard work that's happening in our heart. Anything difficult that might be in front of us, we construct an idol so that as we worship it, we can bypass the difficulty. And see, as, as you develop this idol, you have this exclusive, so we think, exclusive access to God that allows this to happen. It's a, it's a VIP entrance into heaven that takes you off the narrow way and fast tracks you beyond this world into a spiritual control missed by everybody else. See, this is why idols still persist. Thousands of years later, thousands of years after God has told us to get rid of them, they persist because we still long for that same kind of VIP access. It's a VIP control of life without the refinement of life persisting along the way. See, we still think, still to this day, thousands of years later, we still think that if we can find our way to that VIP experience that would allow us to forego the pressures of life, we can shape this existence perfectly. That's what everybody hoping. They have their idol out there that now I can make this happen exactly as I see that it needs to happen. In, in our feeble minds, we imagine this thing that we have created the structure or this thing or this item, whatever it might be. In our feeble minds, we think that, that if we were allowed access to the forging fires of life, we could create an existence better than the one we have. If, if we had access to the forging fires of life, we could create for ourselves an existence beyond what God has even created for us. See, where every human fails in this, though, is that our plan, always involve sidestepping every moment of suffering and growth so that we never have to grow up. And God is a God. God is a Father who instructs His children to grow up. See, practically, we just want to avoid the suffering and add material wealth so, so that it would be... Um, it would be as if we controlled all things. We could just skip all the suffering that happens in this life and we could just add everything that we want, every whim that we have, everything that comes across our mind, that that would be wonderful. We could just have it all. And, and as we create an idol or some kind of structure in this life that functions that way, that's what we envision. We just get everything we want and we avoid every kinds of suffering. See, this is why the, the ultimate purpose of every idol is to control God in this way. As we, as we go about our lives, there are things we would rather not have to bear. And so we seek out these VIP experiences. Every, everybody else has to bear these things, but we'll go around. We'll find another way. We want to skip the hardships or manipulate God into giving us something that we don't deserve. See, through history, th this has meant that, that people have things like golden calves they set in front of themselves to try to manipulate these existences out in front of themselves. Or even beyond that, sometimes we, we have like specific prayer formulas that, that we think if we pray in this way, if we're, we're in the right position saying the right things, that then we can manipulate God into giving us exactly what we want God to give us. See, if you had an idol that seemed to work in this way, it'd be worth more than its weight in gold. Because then you would have complete control of your life. And you would not only have complete control of your life, you would have complete control over all the circumstances that surround you, over all the people that surround you. Then you would be in complete control. And though I haven't seen anyone bowing down to a, bowing down to a golden calf lately, we still work our hardest to unlock the VIP spiritual experience 
by finding ways we can manipulate our God. And so the reason why we're doing this is we're going to use some structure or some way that we can manipulate God into helping us avoid suffering and to give us all the material things that we want. And so we, we pray in certain ways or we give money to, to certain people or certain organizations. We, we buy holy anointing oils in the middle of the night or we, we buy golden trinkets off people. See, we're still working as hard as ever to weasel our way into a VIP spiritual experience that allows us to skip the hard work of working on our heart. So many of us are, are still trying to dodge and avoid the hard work of working on ourselves internally and building ourselves up into something good and holy. We'll do our very best to avoid those things, even building idols that keep us safe from the fires that refine us into holiness. You know, that's why we love idols. Their promise of quick access to God and total control of God himself is a delicacy that we will climb a crowded Everest for. for. You know, God, God has told us for millennia that such a VIP experience, such a VIP exclusive offer doesn't exist. He said, I, I've laid it out very plainly and clearly in front of you. I have sent my word, I have sent my son, I have sent my spirit. You know the truth. But we will forever poke around as trying to find that VIP experience. And, and God just, just keeps speaking down out of heaven, telling us that the quest for a VIP entrance into heaven is a crammed, packed, devastating trail leading to death. And the more time we spend circling heaven looking for a VIP entrance, the less time we have with God himself. You know, it's so, it's so dumb, the things that we do. There's this grand gateway into the glorious power of God, and we turn our noses up looking for the VIP entrance. But God, in all of his holy wisdom, has offered the same free offer to everyone everywhere. And there's, there's no VIP entrance into heaven. There, there's no way that you can skip through the suffering. There's, there's, there's no way that you can get past the, the things of this life and have all the material things you've ever desired in your heart. There's no way to skip ahead. There's no VIP treatment. There wasn't even a VIP treatment for his only begotten son who bore the wrath of the father for all the adopted sons and daughters. All the adopted sons and daughters of God in this room, Jesus Christ bore that wrath for us as a suffering servant. And we think we know a better way, a way beyond the Christ. And so we, we make our idols, we build our structures, we'll find it. You see, the difficulty here is that what God offers and as God lays out the way in front of us, it's really the opposite of what our flesh wants. Because what, what our flesh wants is, is, an, is an idol. Our, our flesh wants an idol that, that tells us that this way we can avoid the suffering and this way we can add all the material wealth or whatever else we want. And so then, then the idol says we'll have control and we'll assume control of what's happening around us. But what God says in his holy scriptures and what he offers us is the exact opposite of that. What he offers us is his control over our lives and over our hearts. He, he comes to us as, as a loving father. He says, if you, if you will take my hand and go with me, if you will let me have control of your life and your heart and your ways and your imagination, if you would let me take control of your next steps forward, there's a new way it's in front of you. And he says, this way, the way of the Lord and the way of the scripture is you lose control. In fact, you release control to me. And so we, we, don't, we don't get to control God, though we want to. But he gets to control us and possess us as his own. And our flesh fights back against that. We don't want to be the possession of somebody else. We don't want to give up control. And God says, that's the way. Be my possession. Let me hold you in my hand. It's far greater than anything you can imagine. You know, it should be obvious to us that in our broken and limited understanding, we have no clue what we're talking about. 
And when, when we take control, we, we, we veer off. We end up in all these destructive patterns that take us down roads we never should have been down. In fact, we should be on our knees right now praising God that, that we have the opportunity to let Him be our controller, let Him control our lives. We have this opportunity to hand ourselves and our heart and our minds and our souls into the hands of the creator of the universe where the creator of the universe says, I will hold you in my hand and I will nurture you and I will tend to you as this great Lord and Father over all. And so that we no longer have to be the provider. We no longer have to provide for ourselves or our families because the Lord God above is our provider and he is the one who's in control. We no longer have to manipulate the cosmos. We no longer have to manipulate the things that are around us to try to make things happen just so because the Lord God is in control and he will guide our steps, guide our circumstances and all the reality that surrounds us, God will take it in his hands and he will shape it exactly as it needs to be. Because the, the one who has created everything is the one, only one who's capable of putting it all into order. You're not even capable of putting all of this into order like it needs to be. The only way we find order in the chaos is by leaning on the Lord our God above. See, God will order your life in such a way that you grow up into the oak that you were meant to be. A towering tree planted by streams of living water. That's who you were created to be. It's ridiculously prideful for us that, that we believe that we could in any way possess God or manipulate God. See, just think with me theoretically here. If, if we could do as we wish um, and have some sort of golden statue or some sort of structure in our lives that make all this happen as it needs to, and, and this, this sort of golden creation of ourselves gives us special access to God or with the right prayer formula we can manipulate him into doing whatever we want him to do how terrible would that God be it, it would be it would be like we, we would have a blind God and and all of us in in our sort of VIP personalities would have to reach up and grab this blind God by the hand and guide him around like we were the one in control of all this spiritual mess let me, let me remind you that the last thing that you need is control, especially of grave spiritual matters, which is exactly why God has offered us that freedom, the, the freedom and joy of giving him control of everything in our lives, giving him control of our hearts and our minds and our schedules, our days ahead, the decisions to be made. There's a freedom in it. If we would accept his provision we would be free. You see, following the way of Jesus Christ set forth in our scriptures, if we will follow this way, the crowds will dissipate and life will flourish. See, if you would but trust the Lord your God, you won't have to carry him in your pocket or consider every variable because he has already gone before you and knows every outcome. Why would we want to assume that responsibility when the creator of this universe says, I've got it. I've got you. See, one of, the, one of the great blessings of handing your life completely over to God is that he's promised in all of this, he's not going to change. And he's not going to change on your whims. I don't know if, if we can fully understand how, how often we get in trouble because we just act on all of our whims and all of our emotions. And what God is telling us in Scripture is He's saying, I am unchanging and my ways will be unchanging no matter what whim you chase after today, no matter where you are emotionally, I am a rock and I will be your rock forever. The I am will be as is forever. See, at the heart of the idle conversation is our own pride. And our pride whispers to our hearts that we could do better than God. We think in, in all our pride that whatever God has set in front of us, we, we could make it a little bit better, right? We, we could do more. And in fact, we could make God more. We, could, we can make God more accessible. We could make God more visible. We could make God more relevant. 
But let me assure you of something this morning. God doesn't need you to make it more. God, God doesn't need you to make him more visible or accessible or relevant. In fact, if we think God is irrelevant, that says more about us than it does about him. God does not need us to manipulate any of the circumstances that surround us for his sake. God can handle his own. But we still think, oh God, I can, I can make this more. I can make this better. But when we wrestle that control away from God, the, the, the thing that we always do is, I'm gonna add one more thing. I'm gonna take your scripture, I'm gonna add one more thing. I'm gonna take your worship, I'm gonna add one more thing. I'm gonna make it my own. Whatever God sets out in front of us, we say, well, I'll just make it my own and I'll add one more thing. One more thing for life. You see, the, our, our prideful whims of our imagination think that we can make some kind of final touches that makes all of this work. That in our heads, it's, it's our final touches that make this exactly as it needs to be. But God is still calling down from heaven in the same way, saying, I've set this out exactly as it needs to be. You don't need to add anything to it or take anything from it. The scripture is before you. The Christ crucified for you and with you. The Holy Spirit is among you. There, there's no better way than what God has already set forth. There's no extra touch that you can add to it. There's no VIP entrance that you could make or you can find. It's all just set as it was. God has already shown us all that we need to make this work. In fact, God has already given you and shown you everything that you need for your life to thrive and flourish exactly where you are. Because ultimately, God is God and we are his creation. And when the creation begins to act like the creator, destruction soon follows. When we think we deserve VIP access or we think we deserve control over spiritual things, we're going to ruin it. We've already ruined it. What God has offered you, he's offering everybody. He said, come, there's no special access. There's, there's not anything more. There's no special access to heaven. It's laid out before you. There's still going to be people trying to sell, sell you trinkets that will draw you closer to God. There's always going to be gurus offering new pathways to God. There are preachers preaching VIP exit ramps around suffering. But they are all liars. See, God, in his way, is the same as it's always been. The only way to him is the way of the cross. Obedience even unto suffering for the sake of the kingdom of God. See, we need to recognize this morning that the way of worship, God's way of worship, and God's access to himself revolves around the person and work of Jesus Christ on the cross. And all of this now revolves around the Holy Spirit stirring in the hearts of humanity. God, God has long been at work making things right in this world. God has long been at work paving the way for you to move forward. And you do not get to skip the hard work of working on your heart. You do not get to skip ahead in any kind of VIP access. God is saying it's the, the same for everybody, the same as it always has been. And you know, that, that sounds painful. But the prescription you need is to set your idols aside and allow God to begin to strengthen your heart. Though we ask idols to help us avoid all suffering, you don't get to do that. You know, there's stories in Scripture where God even walks hand in hand with his children through the suffering. You know, God may be calling you to walk just that way. And you know what? You don't, you don't get to just add any and all the material stuff that you want. Though that's what we ask our idols. God often even asks something very different. There are times in Scripture where he calls his people to give up everything that they have. You're going to follow me. Lay aside all the material things. He may be calling you to get rid of the stuff. But, but in all of that, what you will find is a God who loves you. And a God who is giving you exactly what you need to thrive. 
See, as the, as the creature, as the created, we don't, we don't know what we need. Our flesh steers us away from what we need and steers us towards destruction. And God is saying, I've, I've got you. There is a way forward in my word, through my son, by my spirit, that will cause you to thrive. If you will trust me and follow me in the days ahead, you will flourish like you never thought you'd be able to but you're going to have to let go. You're going to have to let go of your idols. You're going to have to let go of your control. You're going to have to let go of your stuff. Lay it all at the feet of Jesus Christ and say, I am yours. And when you do, all of this is going to work and work just like it needs to. See, when we're ready to be about that difficult business, the hard work of working on our own hearts, this is all going to work out exactly like it needs to. Let's pray together. Our Lord, Father above, we praise your name. And we release everything to you. Lord, we give up all that we have. We give up our heart and our mind, our souls, our material possessions. We lay at your throne and we declare they are yours. Lord, we, we come and we bow down before you and we serve you alone. So take our hearts and do with them what you will. It's in the name of Jesus Christ we pray. Amen. We're going to have our time of response now, and we pray that everybody in here responds to God in some way. You'll notice that at the bottom of your listening sheets, there's some ways to respond. Maybe God's calling you to respond in one of those ways. Maybe do it on the back. The altar is open. We're already beginning to come and pray. We, we need to use this altar. This, this is for our time of prayer with the Lord, so come and use that. Um, I'll, I'll be down here in, in, in the front. I'm ready to receive you. If you want to talk about accepting Christ or joining our church, this is the time to do that. This is the time to, to become a member. This is the time to, to follow Jesus Christ. So as we continue, come, come down and, and um, see us up here at the front. We're going to sing together. We're going to give together. And as we do these things, we're, we're doing this in obedience, in obedience to our Lord. So if you need to, um, you can stand. If you need to remain seated, you may do that. But as we need, let's stand and let's respond to our Lord.
as we take the offering, let us turn to our pray first prayer prompt for the week. Lord, hear our prayer. Lord, you are the first and ultimate image of fatherhood. You created it out of your own character. Those of us who are fathers feel the gravity of this calling and pray for your spirit to lead us daily. When we fail to love like you, show us the way to repentance. The rest of us use this day to thank you for your design for fathers in our lives and pray that you will equip us to love and honor them well. We pray this in the name of Jesus, whose love for his father inspires us. Amen. Happy Father's Day, everybody. My name is Byron Pitts. I'm the coordinator for Community Missions and Evangelism. I want to thank you for participating in the Children's Hunger Fund Summer of Hope Food Drive. It is officially over this week, but if you haven't brought your boxes in, that's okay. Bring them in. I'll get them to where they need to be. Your donations will supply kids here in Texas, San Antonio, uh, hungry families and, and, and these kids with food We've collected 150 boxes so far. I suspect there's probably another 100 out there. Most people say they haven't brought it in yet, but that's okay. Um, this isn't only about meeting a felt need. This is a gospel-centered organization that churches all over the country and in Texas are a part of. And I'm going to have an informational luncheon soon to show you how we're going to be a part of a mercy network that is going to be about making disciples. And so the advantage of this organization is they can help us do things even better than we've been done them in the past. So our Christmas care food drive, they will help us with all the food and supplies. And then they will train us. I'll have a training set up soon at 4th Street. I want everyone to be there. And, every, and we will be trained to share the good news, to disciple these families, bring these boxes to a home, and have a relationship, a long-term relationship that will help people come to Christ. It's, a, it's invested, it's difficult, it's long-term, but um, from now until Christmas, I will help with this vision of, of making disciples. Our community mission efforts must be centered on the gospel. The Lord is coming soon, and we need to be about His work. Um, and so I want everyone to sign up for these trainings coming up. There's an informational luncheon before that. And uh, this is a ministry every age and group can be a part of. We've identified families already, and, and uh, I'm ready to match you up with them. So who is 
with me. Who's going to fulfill the Great Commission? Thank you. Thanks, Byron. I also want to take a minute to thank Nettie. 24 hours ago, Nettie did not know she was leading today. Um, thank you, Nettie. Through a series of unforeseen circumstances, Aaron's uh, and April's flights were canceled, um, and so they were not able to be here, and um, Nettie stepped up to the plate. So thank you. Appreciate you being willing to do that. Hey, well done. Well done. A couple of things life together wise. One, help us promote and participate in our VBS that's coming, not this week, but next week. And VBS is going to be a wonderful time. So we, we pray that you'll participate with us in helping us lead, bringing your children, bringing your neighbors. And also, don't forget, we have a time each night for adults. FBCSA University, where we have a number of classes. These are um, high-level, thoughtful classes for you to, to learn about uh, Scripture and the Gospel in the church. And so we hope you'll come and participate in some of those. You can find those online. And so pick uh, a couple of those, and you can participate all week long with VBS in that way. Um, one other Life Together Family 4th is coming. We celebrate July 4th well in this church, or so I've heard. So I've been to one, and my first July 4th here, it was pouring down rain. I mean, this, this was like thunderstorms all around us, and we were scrambling to try to, how to figure out how to do it when it was pouring down rain. Um, we pray this year that maybe um, we'll have a little bit better weather, but we also pray that it will be a wonderful time in the life of this church. So Thursday, July 4th at 5 p.m., you'll see we have all kind of stuff going on here. We have food trucks, we have um, a quilt and art show, we have food contests, watermelon eating contests, dunking booths, all of those kinds of things. Um, it's a beautiful thing and a beautiful time, and so we pray that you will come and spend the 4th of July with your church family. It's going to be a great time um, in the life of our church. Um, and our flowers that are in front of me, um, they're given to the glory of God and in loving memory of Felicia Trevino um, by Rudy and Connie and Andrew. And so we want to remember her legacy well this morning as we see these flowers and we thank God for her life. Amen. Sing, tell it out with gladness.
First Baptist Church has been broadcasting its services of new life and historic faith for 46 years. We would like to ask that you continue to pray with us for this ministry and also for your financial support so that we can continue this ministry for years to come. Thank you.